Are you working? What kind of work do you do? We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Evening, Commissioner. From the makeshift studios in Mullica Hill, New Jersey, it is talking ish with your commish. Back on the microphone once again. And hey, fellas, every now and then we get handed a gift. I got handed a gift today. I got uh, my wife and kids, went down to see Jen's grandmother, and I got the house all to myself. So rather than doing anything actually productive, I'm putting out a podcast. But that's, that's what we do. We get an opportunity, we pounce. It's going to be hard from here on out, uh, for, at least for the next, I'll say, year. So for this season, it's going to be tough uh, putting podcasts out, but every opportunity I get, I will. And once little man gets in a rhythm, and listen, I'm taking my paternity leave soon. November 1st, my paternity leave starts. Jen goes back to work. Papa Brent's taking over, you know? Like, we've had enough of this sissy bullshit. We're going to get this boy in shape. Get him holding that head up. Really make a man out of him. Get him on a schedule here. And hopefully that frees up some time. Just been harder with two kids. As you can imagine, like, you know, one kid is one challenge. Two kids is a whole other challenge. You figure it out, you get through it. But in the time that you're figuring out, it's a little difficult, you know? You just don't have a lot of time for stuff. Like, it's just around-the-clock coverage. I feel like I'm always on some kind of job, whether it's my job at work or my job at home. And then, boom, free free time pops in my lap. And whew, we're going to talk about some stuff tonight. we got a lovely podcast planned for you, uh, brought to you by uh, Starlight. Single barrel or single proof? Single barrel. I can't read. Hold on. We gotta get this a little closer. Single barrel. I don't. What is single proof? That doesn't doesn't mean anything. Uh, Starlight Distillery single proof Huber's old. What does that say? Rick House. I need glasses, guys. Old Rick House Indiana straight rye whiskey. Uh, this particular bottle uh, of Starlight is called All Rise on Me. It's got a nice picture of Tupac on there with his shirt off, with the Thug Life tattoos. Shout out to ML for hooking up the bottle. Uh, almost halfway through this puppy. Uh, this is going to be my podcast bottle since it's courtesy of ML. ML's a big podcast guy. So thank you for uh, the sponsorship of today's podcast. And we're going to talk about Tom Hanks a little bit today. We're going to talk about Lizzo. Special requests from the audience. A new segment we call whatever the fuck you want to talk about. Uh, so those are the two topics that you guys submitted today. We're going to talk about that shit. Uh, but before we get to that, and then we get to the matchups later and what's to come in the fantasy football season, I just uh, had an observation as I was uh, going about my life. So I drive into work a lot more these days because uh, I'm commuting Mon- uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Monday, Friday, hour from home. So I'm driving in three days a week. A lot more than I was doing for you know the entire pandemic. So now I used to listen to audiobooks or podcasts. And like now that football's back, I'm kind of like, let's listen to sports radio. I'll be honest, at the end of the career of Mike Missinelli, I wasn't really listening to him anyway. And then all of a sudden he was gone. And that was a little bit uh, abrupt for me. I wasn't ready for Mikey Miss to go. I was like, I'll come back to him. He'll be around for football season. I'll listen to him again. And then he's just not here for it. And that got me listening to both stations to see, you know, I've been 
probably more partial to 97.5 for the last couple of years just because of Mike Missanelli and some of the lineups that they've had in the past. I do have my people on 94 that I listen to, and I do bounce back and forth often, but like now I find myself doing it a lot more often. And honestly, I'm finding myself leaning more towards 94 WIP. So it kind of depends on the time of day, obviously. If you're going in in the morning, I think, you know, some people might listen to Preston and Steve or some other uh, morning show, or you maybe listen to audiobooks or podcasts yourself. I don't know what the fuck you do. But if you're listening to the radio and you're listening to Sports Talk, um, you got two options. You got Angelo Cataldi in his show, even though he's retiring. We don't know who the fuck's taking over. You got the same old fucking people. Some, I feel like the cast of characters around Angelo is good, but the thing I, the knock on Angelo that I've always had is that his shtick is getting very old. Like the whole fake outrage thing. I'm just kind of done with it. I hope they bring in somebody that does not follow suit and just like continues fake outrage and takes calls from Butch from Manny Unk and all this other bullshit that just makes the show honestly unlistenable at times. Like every time Shirley calls in, Eagles Shirley, uh, I just fucking change the channel because it's almost unlistenable to have to hear these fanatical people. I get it. They're big Eagles fans, but uh, not good radio content. But the cast of characters around Angelo, like Al Morgani, Keith Jones, they'll get like Ruben Amaro. Like they've had a lot of guest hosts lately, which has been interesting. I hear that Ross Tucker's coming on permanently from uh, what they said today. I think that was today. Um, so that show, you know, it is what it is. It's fake outrage. It's like fucking uh, Joe Conklin calling in, doing his bullshit. It's like the same joke that he's done for like 30 years about Andy Reid. It's not really that funny. But it's a it's a morning show. Uh, and then there's John Kincaid on 97.5 WIP. John Kincaid is kind of just like, a, I feel like a contrarian guy that's like a tryhard. He's like a radio tryhard. But the guys on his show, I feel like they're kind of just like a bunch of sports bros. So it's like kind of like the straight and narrow guy. And then the guys who are just like talking about whatever the fuck they want, like bro stuff. So I really like Jamie Lynch. I think he's a nice addition to a morning show. And Pat Egan on that show uh, tends to give me a chuckle from time to time because he's just kind of a filthy, sport, like filthy piece of shit Philadelphia guy, which I, I honestly feel like is a good representation of Philadelphia on a sports morning show. And then there's Bob Cooney, who's just like your drunk uncle that you watch like an Eagles game with. So that's an interesting show. I feel like there's potential there. There's like a, I feel like a missing piece. I feel like they need like a little bit of more personality in that show. John Kincaid's very dry, you know. I honestly think I find myself lately listening more to John Kincaid's show, uh, probably more for the takes of Jamie Lynch and some of the other, like, wackadoos on that show. And they get, like, Adam Schefter and people to call in. I feel like it's just more entertaining. There's less callers. That's something that I, re- I really enjoy. It's just, like, not that I, like, really care about the opinions of these guys, but there's no fucking stupid asshole like Inge calling in and just, like, dragging on forever. I'm going to tell you something, John Kincaid. I could tell you something, Ike Reese. That guy sucks. They shouldn't let, like, why we, Why do they take people like that's phone calls? That's what I hate about sports radio. Um, but, yeah, and then I, like, I'll find myself in the middle of the day driving around, like, and I like Anthony Gargano if I'm trying to get, like, hyped up for a sports game, so I'll tune into 97.5 for that. I do like Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie. I just feel like they have a nice, like, dynamic. Honestly, Joe DeCamera would be a good replacement for Angelo in the morning. Um, but then the afternoon slot. This is where I have like such an issue with 97.5. So they kick Mike Missinelli out. And then 
they bring in a thing that they call the best show ever question mark and it's like yeah best show ever uh don't think so um tyrone I mean, he's okay tyrone's just me i feel like he tries to make these grandiose points and make everything like a culture topic and it's kind of like eh, let's just talk about sports sometimes you know and then this new guy that they brought in, Hunter Hunter Renfro or Hunter Brody, whatever the fuck his name is, uh, he's got an annoying voice. I mean, he's actually got some good points, and like, I feel like uh, the ideas are there. It's just his voice. It's like, I can't get past it. His voice is so annoying. And then Ricky Bo, I love Ricky Bo, but I feel like he doesn't get to talk enough on that show. Um, yeah, so is it the best show ever? Yeah. John Marks and Ike Reese... So much better. Like that's the best show in the more in the afternoon drive if you're trying to get sports content. You still gotta deal with the bullshit callers. But I feel like John Marks is like the master of dealing with these like ridiculous afternoon uh drive time callers. Like you're fucking like you're crazy like sports people that do nothing all but sit on the phone of ninety four WIP all day and call into a fucking sports radio show. Like think of the psychotic nature of those people. Like, there's TVs and computers and internet. And there's dudes that just sit on their... And, like, they're literally sitting in their house, probably on their computer, listening to, like, a radio show, like, terrestrial radio, and calling in, just waiting on the line to, to say something fucking so stupid. That's sports radio. But uh, that's why I like the shows where they kind of go off the rails a little bit. They don't take calls. Just, like, give me sports radio content. I don't need callers all the time. And if you're going to take callers, like at least take callers that have something valuable to add. And for the love of God, they need to retire some people from 94 WIP. Like, uh, I actually thought Ray Dinger was great. Good luck in your retirement. Funny story. I think I told it on the podcast. I saw his dick inside of Ponzio's when we were uh, pissing at the urinal. Not my fault. Not a, like a queer thing that I did, like looking at another guy's dick. I was approaching the urinal, and he had his ditty way too far from like the wall you know how you have that divider in between urinals and it's it's designed so that like you whip your cock out pretty much starting at that urinal uh divider so that no one else sees your cock because like i don't want to see your cock like it's not a big deal if i see your cock but i'm not trying to go out through my day and like count score of how many cocks i can see which is why we have things like dividers in the bathroom whoever designed that bathroom was like i want a zero on the on the cock score game i don't want to see any cocks some dudes just stand so far away it's like they want to be seen it's ridiculous but there's a lot of talent on that station that needs to be retired like howard eskin let's get him off the radio i mean my dude he's got a lot of dumb points which is pretty bad anyway yeah i mean i just that's my observation of uh terrestrial radio these days it's not great it's not a great situation hold on i'm dropping my papers so I actually, I made notes today. Uh, I was like writing my notebook. Hold on, I got to pick my paper up. Um, and the first thing that happened when I sat down here is I spilled whiskey all over this paper that was written in blue ink. So now it's just one giant smear. So we'll see if I can get through this next segment. Uh, this is uh, this is one you guys requested. You wanted me to talk shit about Tom Hanks. I'm going to talk some fucking shit about Tom Hanks. I know that Tom Hanks is America's darling. People treat him like he's our version of uh, the royal family, like he's the Queen of England. And like the Queen of England, I wish he'd fucking die. But in all seriousness, I am uh, going to give you a rational argument for why I, I truly believe that Tom Hanks 
is not this great actor that he's made out to be. Because there's only a handful of roles that he's actually acted in where he's any good. All these other movies, they're either garbage movies, which I blame on him for taking a, a garbage movie role, or he's the fucking person in the movie that makes the movie shitty. So I'm going to go all the way back to 1980, where he was in his first movie. And I know he did TV and shit. We're going to focus on films, because that's the stuff I know. I know Tom Hanks films very well. So his first role. I did research here, guys. You, you, you want to come at me for Tom Hanks being a good actor? I'm going to tell you he's not. I'm going to do research, and I'm going to tell you he's not a good actor. Here's my proof. 1980, very first role. It's a He Knows You're Alone. It's just a cameo. It's some horror film. It wasn't a very good movie. Great way to start your uh, career, I guess. It got him noticed, though, and like he got some stuff out of it. Then he finally does his uh, first, like honestly, real film, which is called Splash in 1984. Guess what that movie's about? He fucks a mermaid. That's the plot of the movie. Fucking like mermaid flops onto his boat and he fucks it. This is Tom Hanks. Like he basically, in every role that Tom Hanks plays, it's the same version of some goofy, happy-go-lucky guy or kind of an arrogant dick who's actually a kind-hearted guy. Like that's the Tom Hanks role, the classic Tom Hanks role. So he plays that in that movie and he fucks a mermaid. Wow, big movie star fucking Tom Hanks. Then out of that one, 1984, The Bachelor Party, which if you go back and watch, I guess was their generation's version of the movie The Hangover. Not as good. Doesn't stand the test of time. Like I honestly think The Hangover, you watch that movie today. Funny fucking movie still. I watched that a few weeks ago. Great movie. The Bachelor Party? This movie fucking sucks. And uh, surprise, surprise. He plays a fucking loudmouth, annoying guy that goes on his bachelor party. And his wife, he's like, oh, my wife's family, they're very highbrow and I don't fit in, but I'm going on my bachelor party. Like, it's a fucking stupid Tom Hanks movie, like every other fucking movie he's in. 1985, he's got the man with the one red shoe. This is a movie where he accidentally puts on the red shoes to somebody else that he wasn't. I don't know how he got these shoes. I didn't really see the movie, but like, this is the premise of the fucking movie. I'm just telling you. Just listen to the premise of this movie. It's a dumb fucking movie. He accidentally puts on shoes that were intended for some secret super spy. And then he goes through the airport and a bunch of FBI agents thinks that think that he's like the greatest spy of all time. And they follow him around for the whole movie. And lo and behold, they're pretty disappointed because it's not a spy. It's just fucking Tom Hanks. And he's incredibly average. 1985. Tom Hanks is in a film called The Volunteers. He plays a spoiled rich kid. Lo and behold, he plays a douchebag again who actually has a kind heart. Classic Tom Hanks. Uh, in this one, he's a spoiled rich kid, gets into gambling debt, goes to his rich daddy, asks daddy for money. Daddy's like, nah, not giving you money. So he runs away because he's worried he's going to get killed by uh, this drug de- or the the, gamb- the gambling bookie. I don't know what the fuck it is. And uh, he, he hops on a flight to Thailand where... Uh, Apparently, he hopped on the flight uh, going into the Peace Corps. Just happened to be a Peace Corps flight. So now he's in the Peace Corps. And a guy on the plane is John Candy. Well, just happens to be John Candy. This film, I could tell you, was intended to be like a very funny comedy with John Candy and, you know, kind and lighthearted. Tom Hanks ruins it. Tanks the whole fucking movie. Ruins John Candy's career to the point where he fucking dies later. And you know what? That's on Tom. That's on Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks killed John Candy. 
How about that? 1986, he's in a movie called The Money Pit, where he's part of a young couple that buys a house that, from the outside, looks like a mansion. From the inside, it looks like Tom Hanks and his relationship with Chet, his son, toxic, falling apart, crumbling. Um, awful movie. Just intended, I guess, to be a romantic comedy where, like, oh, we overcome the obstacle. Fucking dumb. Doesn't hold up. Doesn't stand the test of time. Then in 1986... They say allegedly that Tom Hanks had his first serious role uh, in a movie called Nothing in Common, where he played co-star to Jackie fucking Gleason. Now, Jackie Gleason shined in this movie. Tom Hanks was a fucking turd. He was the worst part of the movie. Serious role? He played the same fucking whiny douchebag fucking asshole that he plays in every other fucking movie. And he ruined it. And then, uh, you know, Jackie Gleason also fucking died. Thanks, Tom Hanks. Um, 1986, Every Time We Say Goodbye. This movie is a just straight romantic film. Fucking boring as shit. You're going to tell me that's a good movie? Is that a good acting performance with Tom Hanks just having sex on the screen in some awkward 90s filming style? Get out of here. Doesn't stand the test of time. 1987, Dragnet. This is a fucking shitty buddy cop film with Dan Aykroyd. Roger Ebert sucked this fucking movie's dick. Basically being like, Dan Aykroyd carried this film. And he actually went as far as to say Dan Aykroyd should have been nominated for an Academy Award. Go watch the trailer of Dragnet. Tell me that anyone in that fucking film should have won an Academy Award. Like, what was that guy fucking smoking back then? In Dragnet, 1987. Fucking dumb. Doesn't hold up. Uh, 1988. The movie Punchline. Tom Hanks plays a med student who moonlights as a stand-up comedian. Now, uh, apparently he studied a bunch of stand-up comedians and tried to learn how to actually do stand-up comedy. Unfortunately for the film, he didn't actually succeed in that venture. And in the movie, he's supposed to be training Sally Fields, who's an older woman. I feel like Sally Fields was old as fuck even in that film. And he's she plays like a mom that also has a dream of being a stand-up comedian and runs into Tom Hanks and then, oh, it's a love story, and me, 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 me. Sally Fields also sucks in that movie. That movie fucking just straight up sucks. As a stand-up comedy fan, I'm a big stand-up comedy fan, uh, that's an insult to all the fucking profession. The reflection of stand-up comedy in that movie doesn't hold up. 1988, Tom Hanks is in the movie Big. Everybody fucking sucks this movie's dick. Um, me? It's fucking, like, let's just look at what this film is. This is Tom Hanks playing a kid. The beginning of the film, spoiler alert, the kid goes up to one of those like Alibaba carnival games. You remember the one that's like, give me a quarter and I'll read your palm. Give me a quarter. I love quarters. Like that fucking thing at the carnival, this kid goes up to and says, I want to be big. And then the next day, that kid, in the context of his current life, it's not like he flashes forward 18 years right now as like a fucking 10 year old or whatever the fuck he was in that movie um, becomes a fucking like 32 year old Tom Hanks. So Tom Hanks is just living the life of this adolescent child and he just basically plays a giant kid. Wow. What a stretch from other previous roles that Tom Hanks has played up to this point where he has just basically played a goofy fucking childlike character adult. Uh, pfft, this movie sucks. 
It's a shitty fucking movie that everybody's like, ah, it's a classic. And the fucking Academy, the Oscars, went as far as to nominate Tom Hanks for this role, which just proves that that award show and that award is a useless piece of tin fucking garbage. That's that's 1988. We're not even into the fucking 2000s yet, guys. And look how much garbage Tom Hanks is peddling out so far. 1989, there's a movie, The Burbs. It's a fucking retarded, dark comedy about suburban lifestyle. I think it was supposed to be some kind of like social commentary type movie. Fell flat. No one liked it. 1989, Turner and Hooch. It's a movie about Tom Hanks, kind of like a buddy cop film. But uh, his buddy cop partner is a dog. It's a fucking giant mastiff. And a uh, funny story about this movie. So this was one of Jen's favorite childhood movies for some reason. And she made me watch it here in my house, 132 Brookside Way. We had to watch this fucking film. And I was like, Jen, this is a shitty movie from the 80s. This is going to be bad. And she just has this recollection of this movie that's just so positive. We watched this movie. It's like an hour and 35 minutes of Tom Hanks whining and, nah, why are you doing that, dog? Nah. That fucking weird cacao bird-like sound that Tom Hanks makes. Whole fucking film. And not only that, but the end of the movie. Spoiler alert here, guys. You don't want to hear Turner and Hooch uh, ruined. Don't listen to this part. Skip ahead. The fucking dog dies. The fucking dog in the movie, you're like, oh, it's a feel-good dog film. The fucking dog gets shot. The dog gets shot at the end of the fucking movie, and Tom Hanks couldn't do anything to stop it. He's a fucking piece of shit. He couldn't even save Hooch, dude. Or Turner. He's Hooch. I don't know. Who the fuck cares what the dog's name was? He couldn't save him. Bullshit. Dutch is getting upset. Dutch, Dutch, Dutch hated that movie. Dutch has just been perched behind me like a goddamn bird this entire time. It's honestly fucking infuriating. All right. We're finally into the 90s. 1990, Tom Hanks is in a movie called Joe vs. the Volcano. It's another rom-com. This one with Meg Ryan. Tom Hanks is told by some guy, a doctor, that he has a terminal illness. And uh, some dude just happens to approach him and say, Hey, I got this thing where, like... I want you to jump into a volcano. I'm not making this shit up, guys. Like, this this is fucking seriously the plot of all these fucking movies that Tom Hanks has been in. Tells him, I want you to go to the South Pacific. I want you to jump into this volcano. And Meg Ryan's, like, someone who, like, he, I guess he meets along the way. They fall in love. And surprise, surprise, uh, they jump into the volcano at the end. And for some reason, they don't go into the volcano. And Tom Hanks isn't dying. He didn't have a terminal illness. It was all an elaborate scheme. Because Tom Hanks never fucking dies in movies. I mean, at least up until this point, Tom Hanks has not died in a movie. 1990 continued. We got the Bonfire Bonfire of the Vanities. This movie was an absolute fucking bomb at the box office. Bruce Willis, Tom Hanks, like a Wall Street film. Where Tom Hanks is this Wall Street titan. Uh, and and Bruce Willis is in it. And Bruce Willis, let me tell you, he stinks. He's a bad actor. He's in, like, one good movie, I think. It, Pulp Fiction and, like, I don't know. You can maybe say The Sixth Sense. The kid carried that fucking movie. Uh, Bruce Willis actually, it's very sad. I just read this today. He's, uh, he can't, like, he has this fucked up thing in his head where 
he can't recognize speech and stuff. So he's just honestly walking around pretty retarded right now. Um, but yeah, that movie was an absolute box office bomb. So I mean, guys, we're like, we're to 1990. I haven't found a good film yet. Uh, 1992, A League of Their Own. Decent movie, right, overall. But imagine this, fellas. Replace Tom Hanks in that movie with Billy Bob Thornton. Let's make this movie rated R. Actually, you know what? Let's just make that movie right now. Let's get Lady Gaga, some other strong female character leads. We'll go back to the 1940s or whatever this was, sometime around World War II. All the men are out to war. The women are playing baseball. Billy Bob Thornton, some drunk degenerate. I mean, come on. This movie writes itself. Hire me, Hollywood. Come on. Tom Hanks was probably the least believable as a drunk because he's just, he's not a drunk. He's a pedophile, right? He's a fucking pedophile. We all know. I mean, maybe you don't know. I mean, guys in the group chat, you know, we've been talking about Tom Hanks a lot. Guys in the league, maybe not privy to it. Tom Hanks has citizenship in Greece. Did you know that? You know now. Why does Tom Hanks have citizenship in Greece, you might ask? Maybe it's because in Greece, not only historically was pedophilia accepted, but modern-day Greece views pedophilia as a disease. Not, not a crime. A disease. So what's going on in Greece? They're fucking kids. They're still fucking kids. Socrates, fucking kids. Tom Hanks, now Greek citizen, fucking kids. See how that works? That's a QAnon theory, actually. I actually believe this one, though. I mean, why do you have, of all the countries you have citizenship in, you pick Greece. Greece, a nation pretty much known for pedophilia. It was actually like you become a stronger man in Greek culture if you fuck a kid. Like you had your own little servant boy. He poured you wine. He sucked your dick. Fucking weird. That's Tom Hanks, dude. League of their own. I mean, let's remake that movie. <laughs> that's, that's where we're coming from. 1992. Continued. He makes um, uh, a movie called Radio Flyer, where he's the narrator. Awful film. Awful, awful. 1993, Sleepless in Seattle. Um, Another rom-com, Meg Ryan. This is like the quintessential corny fucking 90s movie. I think it encapsulates everything corny about the 90s, where uh, there's just like this like specific style of rom-com, the way they shoot it. It's that movie. Tom Hanks isn't particularly good. Meg Ryan's not particularly good. The content of the movie's not particularly good. Another one that all these people loved, boil it down to what it was. It's like a kid forces his dad to call into a radio station and tell his sob story about how oh, my wife dumped me, and then all these people want to fuck him because he's Tom Hanks, the goofy fucking kind of a dick dude. Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> 1993. This is where Tom Hanks blows up. This moment in 1993. Hold on, I'm going to take a sip of water. I'm a little dry. 1993, he makes the movie Philadelphia, where uh, he finally fucking dies <laughs> in a film. Uh, Tom Hanks plays a guy who, uh, he's gay, wrongfully terminated, ends up having AIDS, fucking dies. The whole movie would have been lost without Denzel Washington. I mean, we want to talk about the, bl- the black Tom Hanks uh, he's better. That's an insult to Denzel Washington. Carried that fucking movie, but you know, fucking Tom Hanks gets the Oscar. 
And then the very next year, 1994, he comes back with Forrest Gump, which, hey, I'm a fair guy. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to call a spade a spade. I love that movie. That's a great movie. Tom Hanks was born to play a fucking retard. And he didn't go full retard, as Tropic Thunder pointed out. Kind of half retard. He actually is kind of half retarded, so very fitting role. Not sure that it was that much of a stretch to win an Oscar, but I very much enjoy that movie. I mean, that movie is fucking hilarious. He goes to meet, like, multiple presidents, has to, like, fucking piss himself when he's meeting, I think, who was it, Richard Dixon or John F. Kennedy, one of them. He's like, I have to pay, and then gets shot in the buttocks, like, then starts a shrimp boat, has a friend with, like, fucking no legs. Like, that movie's great. You can't fucking knock that movie. Tom Hanks is great in that movie. This is Tom Hanks' career role, is fucking Forrest Gump. The best movie that Tom Hanks has ever made, will ever make, probably the only role that ever fit who he is as a person and fits his pedophilic <laughs> piece of shit lifestyle. Um, 1994, he peaked. 1995, Apollo 15, Apollo 13 came out. In Houston, we have a problem. Tom Hanks isn't very good in this movie. Um, uh, this is one of those movies where, like, I, did we need to make this film? Did we need a film about the Apollo 13, like, accident or whatever you want to call that? Uh, fucking mishap. And guess what? Just like uh, happened in real life, he doesn't die. He doesn't die in that film. So we're right back to, like, we got Philadelphia. He fucking dies finally. We're kind of on a good trend here with Tom Hanks, and we come right back Apollo 13 against all odds. He doesn't fucking die. 1995, Toy Story comes out. Pretty much sets the world on fire first feature animated film that you kind of really know about um, that's done digitally, digital animation. Puts shit on the map, right? Got all these famous people voicing all these characters. And the worst person in the entire fucking franchise is Woody, the annoying, whiny Tom Hanks. Yet another whiny Tom Hanks character. Buzz Lightyear, super cool. Just wants to shoot laser beams and to infinity and beyond. He has a cool catch line. What's Woody's catch line? There's a snake in my boot. Fucking lame. He's a cowboy. Honestly, Disney's going to get in trouble. PC police is going to come around and make them switch Woody to a black guy. And all of a sudden, we're going to have Sheriff uh, Tyrone or something. That was racist. Probably shouldn't have said that. This, should I edit that out? Nah, fuck it. Fuck it. We're not going to edit it out. We're going to keep going. Power through. Uh, 1996. Uh, he comes out with a film called That Thing You Do. Another poor attempt at comedy. Not a good movie. 1998, Saving Private Ryan. Here's a good film. A good movie. Tom Hanks doesn't kill the film entirely. Uh, he's forgettable at best, but doesn't kill the film. Good movie. Saving Private Ryan. There you go. We've got uh, one, two, maybe three so far. Three films that Tom Hanks was good in. Um, 1998 continued. You've got You've Got Mail. Again, another quintessential 90s movie. Corny as fuck. All about... Two people getting, uh, you know, meeting on AOL. Like, you've got mail, literally. About AOL doesn't exist anymore, doesn't stand the test of time. 1999, we retread Toy Story. Another fucking Toy Story. So Tom Hanks has a second chance to just ruin an entire franchise uh, uh, in its infancy. 1999, The Green Mile. A lot of hype around this film. Pretty good film. I'll be honest with you, though. The fucking star of that film, Michael Clark Duncan. You know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. You watch that movie. Michael Clark Duncan steals the show. Tom Hanks is just a fucking passenger for that journey. 
I don't count this one for Tom Hanks. Not a good film for Tom Hanks. Could have put anybody in this. He's just a warm body for Michael Clark Duncan's fucking dominating performance. Uh, 2000, movie Castaway. I like this one. Here we go. See, I can be objective. Um, I like this movie mainly because he doesn't talk most of it. And the worst parts of the film are those where he does. It's when he's like, I have made fire. I'm like, just shut up, dude. Like, if I was on an island by myself, I'd just be like, fuck yes. Fuck yeah, I'm fucking fire. Who would say what? Who, who would have react that way? <clears throat> Ridiculous. Best part of, of that film for me is the fact that he got outacted by a volleyball. Everybody remembers the volleyball. Wilson, more than they remember Tom Hanks. How about that? 2002, Road to Perdition. Back on track with uh, movies where Tom Hanks dies. Oh, spoiler alert. Sorry. Uh, but you know what? I, what I don't like about this film is the fact that uh, poor Paul Newman had to be dragged down by such a piece of shit actor like Tom Hanks. Uh, this movie is a good movie, except for Tom, I don't believe Tom Hanks in this role. And unfortunately, it's like one, I think this was like an early role, if I remember right, for Jude Law. He was great in it too. Sorry, I'm eating bugles, guys. On podcast, I got bugles dropped off by the Wawa Grubhub girl who asked me, Hey, I don't have a nacho cheese bugles. Do you want me to get you a different one? I'm like, I don't give a fuck what bugle you bring to me. I'm going to consume the entire bag. Nom, nom, nom. 2002, Catch Me If You Can. Leonardo DiCaprio, awesome in this movie. Tom Hanks, not so much. And uh, once again, being the annoying con, honestly, in my mind, in this movie, he's the bad guy. And he's not supposed to be. He's an FBI agent in this movie. He's just, like, sucks so much. It's like, you just want Leo to get away with it. Maybe that's just how the film's positioned. But I'm not a big fan of Tom Hanks in that movie. 2004. This movie's bizarre. The Lady Killers. Tom Hanks basically plays a guy who's doing a Colonel Sanders impression um, that is trying to do some, like, money laundering scheme or something in this old black lady's house. And they're uh, fronting as a church choir band. Like, I can't make this shit up. Are you listening to the plots of these fucking movies? You're going to tell me Tom Hanks is a good actor. These are the roles he takes. This is 2004. This isn't that long ago. I mean, yeah, I guess it is a little bit. A little ways away. A little ways away. But, uh, fucking terrible movie. Uh, 2004, he makes a cameo in a movie called Elvis Has Left the Building. It's like a premonition that he was going to make a shitty Elvis film down the road. 2004, the movie The Terminal. He plays a dude that's stuck in an airport terminal. I mean, think about a worse scenario than being stuck in an airport terminal. The only thing that might be worse than that is being stuck in an airport terminal with Tom Hanks. And what's very crazy about this film, 2004, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit ago. He uses the most offensive, like, I don't know what you want to call it, like Eastern European accent, I guess, uh, throughout the entire film. Plays like a foreign guy, can't get back to his country, stuck in the fucking airport terminal. 2004, continued, comes out with The Polar Express, which for some reason he animated himself into this film, and it's the worst animated film and worst Christmas film of all time. Probably, on all accounts, just the worst fucking movie probably on this list that Tom Hanks has made. 2005, he has a documentary. I guess he makes documentaries now. Didn't see it. Don't want to see it. It's about walking on the moon. Did we need a documentary about that? Probably not. Thanks, Tom Hanks. Uh, 2006, he plays Woody in Cars, I guess. I don't know. I didn't see that movie. 2006, Da Vinci Code. A big book here by uh, Dan Brown. Dan Brown, right? 
I don't know. I didn't read it. I don't care. Um, but it was a huge book. A lot of people read it. They cast the film. They cast Tom Hanks. A lot of people were like, hey, is that the right guy? And I'm kind of of the opinion, like, I feel like they were trying to be national treasure. And they didn't quite live up to the Nicolas Cage, like, erratic, you know, cool, fucking, like, ah, a lot of shit, crazy shit's happening. Oh, what's the clue? Uh, it's just, uh, this movie sucks. Not, not good movie. 2007, Charlie Wilson's War. Uh, it's a film about a real dude that I'm sure is actually way cooler than uh, Tom Hanks in real life. Philip Seymour Hoffman steals that film, though. Uh, it's uh, basically about a guy who's, like, a politician and uh, got involved in some shit in Afghanistan. And uh, we need some more bugles here real quick. I mean, I'm so bored just talking about the movie. <laughs> it wasn't good. Um, This one. 2009. Tom Hanks decides, I'm going to really stretch myself here as an actor. I'm going to play the father of my son in a movie called The Great Buck Howard. So Colin Hanks plays a kid. And Tom Hanks plays his fucking dad. Oh, wow. What a great actor. 2009, Angels and Demon, the sequel to that shitty Dan Brown book. Again, Tom Hanks, wrong guy for the role. 2010, another fucking Toy Story movie. This guy's just raking in the dough, cashing it in, phoning it in, in these roles, cashing it in. 2011, uh, we have a movie called Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, which is how I feel with every fucking movie that Tom Hanks is in. He's incredibly loud. And I feel like he's, like, right behind me when he's fucking screaming at me through the screen. He plays the uh, father of an autistic kid in this movie. Which, again, are we really talking about that much of a stress with the, with the kids that he has? Like, come on, Tom. Take on a little bit more challenging of a role. 2012, we got Cloud Atlas. It's a sci-fi weirdo film where he plays, like, nine different characters. And somehow, not one of those characters is any fucking good. 2013, we got Captain Phillips, that movie about the boat that gets hijacked in the Somali Sea. Best, again, best part, again, of a movie that Tom Hanks is in is a part that's not played by Tom Hanks. It's the I am your captain now guy. Remember that? That's the most memorable part of the movie. Um, and I'm pretty sure that the fucking real-life Captain Phillips was better than him. Saving Mr. Banks, it's a movie about Walt Disney. He plays Walt Disney, and I'm pretty sure uh, he did not capture Walt Disney well. Um, real Walt Disney was way better. 2015, Bridge of Spies. I actually think this is a decent movie. Pretty good movie. Tom Hanks is pretty good here. I'm going to be fair. I actually think that's a decent movie. 2015, though, continued. Ithaca, he's got a cameo in this film um, where he dies. Isn't that nice? Yeah, so I, I would put that film up there, too. 2016, um, Hologram for the King. I'll be honest, never fucking heard it. Sounds pretty shitty. Pretty sure it's a movie about, like, he's, like, a salesman of some sort and goes to Saudi Arabia. Um, don't have any interest at all in seeing that film. 2016, Sully. Uh, I feel like he just, like, takes on roles where things go wrong with some kind of vehicle. And then he's there. Um, and this one, he lands a plane. So, all right, Tom. Really, like, kind of, like, I'm, like leaning into a certain, uh, like, typecast here. 2016, Inferno. Another retread of these Dan Brown books, fucking piece of shit uh, book about, uh, you know, Da Vinci Code or whatever. 2017, a movie called The Circle. I feel like this movie had a lot of potential. It was that one with Emma Watson, uh, but this movie sucked. It sucked out loud. It sucked big donkey dick balls. 
2017, The Post, it was like a huge cast, Meryl Streep, about the Washington Post and how Meryl Streep was a strong woman and blah, 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 and Tom Hanks was kind of like, I don't know about this lady. Uh, the movie was fucking dog shit, very boring. Uh, 2019, another fucking Toy Story. This is the fourth one, so we can't get enough of Sheriff Woody, and he hasn't been replaced yet. It's kind of crazy to think about. 2019, he plays Mr. Rogers in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Uh, and just does a very poor disservice to Mr. Rogers and Mr. Rogers fans everywhere. 2020, a movie called Greyhound. It's a big-budget war film that was just fucking god-awful. Uh, 2020, News of the World. Uh, this is an interesting film. It's uh, him alongside this like little girl, uh, kind of like a old-timey, western-y vibe to it. A little bit of grit in there. It's not awful. It's not awful. I watched it with Jen. wasn't awful. Tom Hanks was pretty good in it. So there you go. Here we go. A recent example of Tom Hanks being okay. 2021 Finch, though. Uh, what the fuck was this film? <coughs> I feel like it's Tom Hanks doing a, a Denzel Washington impression of Book of Eli. Uh, and then 2022 Elvis. You guys told me it was garbage. And then Pinocchio 2022. Guys, that's like 60-something films that Tom Hanks made. We just named six or so that were any good. That's a 10% hit rate on being in good movies. Tom Hanks is not a good actor. He's got two Oscars, the most overhyped fucking actor of all time. And then, like, if you want to come at me and say, well, you know, he's a well-rounded guy. He writes, he produces. Let's see, this is a list of movies that he has produced. My Big Frat Greek Wedding. Decent film. Not a great film. Uh, Connie and Carla. Ever heard of it? No, you haven't. The Ant Bully. Shitty fucking animated film. Starter for 10. Ever heard of it? No. Evan Almighty. Kind of a weak comedy compared to a lot of the other ones that came out in that time period. Mamma Mia. Commercial success. Bad fucking movie about a musical. Fucking gay. City of Ember. Never heard of it. Where the Wild Things Are. Fucking flop. Uh, My Life in Ruins. Parkland. My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. Uh, who, who watched the sequel? I didn't. Mark Felt, The Man Who Brought Down the White House. We're getting political now. And then another fucking Mamma Mia movie. Guys, do I have to go any further about Tom Hanks? He's br- he's fucking gut awful. He's a pedophile and uh, not a good actor. I think it might, I, I rest my case. Uh, any rebuttals? Sound off next week on the soundboard. The next topic we had uh, from you guys was Lizzo. And I'm not going to go on a diatribe. I just went on about Tom Hanks. Like, I won't do that for Lizzo. What I will say is, this is where I get frustrated with artists. Artists always want to be something more than just someone who uh, does a talent, like singing or playing an instrument, reading lines in a movie. You have a very specific talent. Stick to that shit. Don't make any kind of political commentary. I don't give a fuck what your opinions are. I just want to hear your music. And if Lizzo had just put her music out into the world... A lot of us would just been like, yeah, she's got some good songs. They're catchy. Are they great? No, they're not great. They're not all-time, all-time, but they're good. You hear them, you're like, oh, I know that song. That's a good song. Yeah, I'll bop my head to that a little bit. Uh, but where she loses me is when it's like we got to act like fucking fat people. And I'm not talking like fat like Brent's fat. Brent's fat in a way that's like he could lose that weight. Lizzo is fat in a way that if she lost that weight, you'd be like, holy shit, what did she do to lose that fucking weight? Because she looks like a goddamn walrus that uh, got beefed up with nothing but like straight Wendy's turkey fat or something. She's gross. It's not pretty. 
Stop pretending like fat is beautiful. It's not. It's unhealthy. She's going to die. She's going to die young because she's gonna. she probably has diabetes. She might lose her foot. She might Patrice O'Neill herself. The worst part is just because of the culture she's created, even if she lost weight and became a healthier person, she'd be ridiculed for losing the weight like they did with Adele. We live in a sick society where it's better to be like <coughs> justified in your bullshit like ideology ideological point than it is to like be a healthy individual in society just that's where we're at so lizzo's garbage in my mind she's just an extension of just the liberal propaganda that's going on right now that's not a political comment that's just a fact there's a lot of nonsense out there sick shit being tossed around that uh being passed off is like oh no this is just being accepting and progressive like no it's not no it's not it's accepting something that, as a society, we shouldn't accept, which is like an acceptance of something that is bad for you, being unhealthy. It's like if we were just like, yeah, smokers, you know, you're doing a good job. Keep doing that. You won't die at all. You're just different. You have an alternative life. You smoke. But like, that's totally cool. You're totally healthy. You're totally fine. All right, let's get to fantasy football. Enough of that bullshit. Uh, had a great time at the draft. Thank you all again for being prompt and on time and working and being flexible. I really appreciate it. Sorry for the confusion around our main event game. Uh, I thought it was going to be way cooler than it was, and it was just more confusing than anything. So it is what it is. Uh, overall, though, always a good time to get together. I had a fun time at the draft, and I appreciate you guys doing what you do. Uh, we did have a week of matchups. I'm very excited. I mean, I was so excited coming back into football season. I don't know about you, but Thursday night rolling around last week, I was fucking hyped. I could not wait for that game. And then the game came. It was a great game. Fucking Buffalo Bills lit it up. We rolled into Sunday. Another great showing of Sunday games into Sunday night. And even though the Sunday night game wasn't the greatest, we get the Monday night football. Not the most exciting game, but something exciting was a fucking finally a good broadcast with uh, Troy Aikman, Joe Buck, really bringing some kind of like legitimate feeling to Monday Night Football again. It doesn't feel like the fucking JV squad every time a Monday Night game comes on. So, exciting week of NFL football, exciting week uh, for the fantasy football guys. And speaking of, let's get to the matchups right fucking now. All right. In our first matchup, we had Jake Jiggin. Jake's just getting jerked around. Right, wide receiver, Keaton Allen going down. Uh, kind of hurting the squad. T. Higgins, a rough one with all the shit going down in Cincinnati. Just uh, interceptions left and right from Joe Burrow. Not a good uh, showing from Jake uh, this week. But good news here. Everybody gave him a hard time about Michael Thomas. Looks like his knee is working just fine. BJ uh, gets pops from all the Jays. Uh, uh, my notes are so smeared. I don't know what the fuck the first one is. I can't read it. Can't read it. But. Oh, Jalen. It's Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, Jonathan Taylor, and Javante. Uh, the Jays getting it done for BJ. He takes down Jake. 151.55 In our next matchup, we had Jove taking on Mark. Uh, Jove putting uh, Mahomie to work. Uh, with Mahomie and J. Jeff, just a dangerous combination. And Mark, Derek Henry, uh, just a kind of a dead of a game. Not enough to get it done. Still a decent week here for Mark. Just not enough to get past Joe who had a hell of a week. 157.6 over Mark's 
next matchup, we had the Battle of the Zacks. Uh, Devontae Adams and Amon Raw St. Brown getting it done for Zifo. Uh, Zach Maron just had a big old kind of goose egg from Allen Robinson. Couldn't get anything going on in that LA offense. So Zach Fox takes the Battle of the Zacks, 159.8, 136.4. Next matchup, we had ML versus Stein. Kyler Murray, what the fuck was going on, bro? Just fucking looked a hot mess for a second. Ended up finishing the game pretty strong, uh, all things considered. But then uh, C.D. Lamb on uh, Steino's squad, the biggest loser here, I think, with the Dak Prescott injury. My ML was able to overcome a Cam Akers uh, zero on the scoreboard, um, despite almost bowing out early, counting himself out. Mike roars back behind uh, Travis Kelsey, A.J. Brown, Joe Burrow, despite the floor picks, getting it done for ML. He takes down Steino, 121.6 to 105.5. And finally, our last matchup of the week, we had the commission, Dave. Uh, Dave just getting a shitty stinker from uh, Aaron Rodgers and Zeke, both with five to six points, respectively. Um, just absolute killer for the week. And this is the time where the music transitions. Dave, we're going to get some special music coming right fucking now. For one matchup, we're going to bring it. Well, Dave just couldn't get it going with the third eye of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, ayahuasca may have gotten to him, and so could the departure of Defonte Adams. Will uh, the return of Alan Lazard and maybe another week to kind of gel this offense and these young players together get Aaron Rodgers going? And will Zeke be able to navigate without Dak Prescott? Will that perhaps give him a little bit more opportunity? We shall see. But rough, rough start here for Dave, especially when he had to go up against the commish. Despite having Elijah Mitchell go down over the weekend, the Thursday night games put me up by 80-plus points, led by uh, Cooper Cup, Josh Allen, and the Mills defense. Just enough to get it done. Then solid performances across the squad. So the commission's fucking coming. 162.15 uh, over Dave's 115.15. So we all agreed before the season started to a side bet where... Uh, the lowest point total for the week would be eliminated each week until there was one team left standing called King of the Hill. So a $25 entry um, from each participant. Everyone in the league has agreed to play. And uh, this uh, this week, the King of the Hill is none other than yours truly, the Kamish, with his 162.05 points. He is your week's MVP and the proud winner of $5 cash money. Um so the commission is currently your king of the hill. And uh, unfortunately, with the king of the hill comes your biggest loser, which this week, our lowest point total, 105.35. I think that's what that says. It's pretty smeared. Uh, Steino has been kicked off the hill. So Steino has been eliminated. He will not participate in this event moving forward. So now there are nine teams remaining. Nine kings on the hill waiting to be, uh, you know, fucked around with. You know, fuck around and find out. So that's uh, that's where we're shaking out. Real quick, we're going to review the uh, IBM uh, Watson power rankings. We have eliminated the uh, uh, the old power rankings because uh, 
It's just a fucking bullshit thing I put together. Why not let IBM Watson do it for us? Um, IBM Watson uh, is accounting for your team's course and trajectory for the entire season, not just based off of one uh, week of games. So keep that in mind as we go through the power rankings. We'll start with number 10. At 0-1 uh, is Dave. I think Watson puts him here because of uh, the whole five points from Aaron Rodgers not looking good offensively and the five points from Zeke. I think that's mainly the things that are dragging him down. Number nine, they have ML. Despite winning this week, I think they felt the Cam Akers situation was a bad pick, um, especially with Daryl Henderson sitting on Brent's bench, you know, just eating up all those points from Cam Akers. But, hey, at any point, Cam Akers took a turn it back on. That was got a good enough squad. He could carry himself back up. Number eight, Steino on one, losing to ML in week one. It's IBM Watson. I would have put ML probably above Steino here, uh, considering he took him down head-to-head. But what are you going to do? It's IBM Watson. He's a robot. Number seven, you got Mark on one. Uh, Mark lost uh, It's a pretty tough matchup this week Put up a good week Just uh, one guy Calm down Number 6 Jof IBM Watson He's 1-0 He's got They got a, a few 0-1 teams here Above of Jof I think it's just more of the roster long term That's what they're going off of Number 5 You've got Jake At 0-1 I think they feel pretty good About Jake's squad He's going to bounce back Got a tough matchup this week We'll get to that in just a second Number 4 They got the 0-1 Zach Marone Who they uh, I, I do think Zach Marone Has a very Good squad. Ran into a pretty tough opponent in week one against Zifo, who is your number three guy in the power rankings at 1-0. and uh, Zifo with a very strong week. BJ at number two at 1-0. and And then on top of the power rankings, your point leader for the week. And the guy that's got a pretty deep bench to boot. Uh, you got him coming for that ass this year. I really want that banner. Uh, number one in the power rankings, according to IBM Watson, the commission. So let's talk about your matchups for this week. Uh, in our first matchup, we got Kamish at 1-0, taking on Jake at 0-1. So Jake looking for his first win. Tough uh, draw there in the week two against the current leader in the clubhouse. But any given Sunday, anything can happen. So Jake looking for that first win of the season to avoid being a repeat paintball offender. Next matchup, we got BJ versus ML in the Clash of the Kings. King Dong versus King Huck. Uh, BJ had the, the big win in week one. ML squeaking one. Over a weak opponent, Stein. ML looking for a bounce back week here. BJ looking to continue on and uh, keep pace with uh, the current leader of the clubhouse. Did I mention that? It's Kamish. Uh, next matchup, we got Joe versus Dave. So, uh, Joe, pretty good uh, start to week one. 1 0. Very uh, strong uh, showing that week. And then he'll take on Dave, who's desperate to get back on track at 0 1 with Aaron Rodgers just kind of trying to drag him. You need him to open that third eye. Or, you know, Trey, his Trey eye. I don't know. Where's Dave going to go? Uh, in our next matchup, we got Steino at 0-1 after uh, being our low guy for the week. Going up against Mark, also 0-1. Mark had a good good week. Just need one player to step it up. I think that will happen. Derrick Henry, uh, get it going. Get, fucking get it going. It was Derrick Henry, right, Mark? Did I write that down right? Yep. Man, memory works, dude. Memory works. And then in our game of the week, we got a home-and-home home series here. Uh, a second battle of the Zacks. Back-to-back weeks of the Battle of Zacks. We have Zifo at Zach Moran this time. So Zach Moran with the home field advantage for what it's worth. And then them's your matchups for the week. We now go to you, the fans, in my favorite segment that we call the soundboard. And let's kick it off with ML. Brent, can you pull up some sounders from the championship week? I, I don't know what I sent, but I can only imagine some of them were pretty good as 
I was in COVID jail. I was watching, just like you said, I was watching Zifo not only take the championship away from me, but also take my family. So uh, would love to see it. Let me know if you still got it. And I would love to hear what Zifo had to say, what others had to say at the end of the season. But uh, I don't know if you got it still. So let's hear it. Well, I got your stuff. So we can listen to them and we can all be the judge of whether or not it was, you know, podcast worthy content. Look at that Google show. So let's go to um, day one of M. Let's paint the picture again. ML, Zifo taking each other on in the championship game. ML finds out he's got COVID. Let's hear about day one. All right, Brent, the COVID Chronicles, <clears throat> the COVID Chronicles part one, day one. Uh, Felt a little cold coming on on, like, Wednesday, Thursday. Took a test on Thursday night. Everything was negative. Changed my flight from Friday night to Saturday. And because I wanted to get some rest, felt fine. Saturday, I felt better than Friday. Uh, get get on my flight on Saturday. Get to Tampa just fine. Uh Ashley's whole family was like, hey, you know, if you don't feel good, you should just take a test just in case before we come. Took a test this morning, positive on a rapid. Took another test, positive on a rapid. And I basically got booted to a hotel room. So I don't infect four people, possibly five with Zifo coming. And, uh... So now I'm fucking in Florida, sitting in a hotel, actually sitting in the back of a car outside because I don't want to be stuck inside. But I got a big matchup against Z and couldn't really pay too much attention to it today, but I was able to catch most of the games and uh, we got a tight one. So I'm going to do the best I can to squeak this one out. I'll provide another COVID update day number two tomorrow. Man, so looking back at it, like, COVID being a big deal, isn't that fucking gay? <laughs> like, we, ML had to sit outside of the family event at some hotel where he was just probably infecting people at the hotel. But who gives a shit? You know, people are sick all the fucking time. We care about COVID. Anyway, let's go to, let's go to the next uh, COVID update from ML. Yeah, I skipped uh, COVID update day two, but now we're on day three. Walked around uh, all of Tampa, went around to Raymond Raymond James Stadium. Did about like five-ish miles. It felt good to be outside in the warm and walk around and pass some time. Um, Chose not to go to the dock today. It's just kind of just like, maybe not embarrassing, but it's just depressing. Like, you you want to be a part of the vacation, but you can't be, but even, but you can be from afar, but it's not, it's just not the same, dude. It's just not the same. So today I just stay by myself and I'm, I, I don't know. I'm just fucking, uh, it's weird. It's just a weird fucking thing to have. And while you're on vacation, if I was home, I'd be able to tinker around in my garage and throw the ball with my dogs and fucking, you know, just be a little bit more normal, I guess. And but I don't know. But, uh, yeah, day two update from your boy, COVID kid. Then I'll just get straight cuck, dude. That is just like the definition of cuckery. Sitting somewhere. Got, got to just like walk around. Fucking cuckery, dude. Let's go to the moment. 
or it all fucking comes crashing down. Well, we all knew Zifo was a bully, dude. So you know he just kept on bullying his way to the to the finals, and he ended up winning. You know, not really a big shocker there, but congrats to the kid on his third ring. Uh, if he gets four, he probably gets booted out. Um, not because he's good; it's because he's gay. And um, you know, I I I did my best. I knew you guys were rooting for me. You know that meant a lot, but um, um. I just couldn't get it done, dude. I mean, I started Rodgers over Burrow. I think anyone would have done that. Um, may have probably made some er- other errors, but I don't know. All in all, with COVID and injuries and Kelsey being out and everything, I I I, I think I ended up doing pretty well. And hopefully, I put up the best team. Miles Sanders is like the cuckiest cuck of all cucks. Maybe not this year, but at least for my team, uh, I I had high hopes for him, dude, and. We were a good running offense, the Eagles, but I don't know. It's just bad luck. I'm happy to make it to the finals, but I really wanted that ring, dude. Um, but, Brent, as you confirmed, $220, which is my money back, uh, I'd like to round up to 250 and make a donation in your in your mom's memory. Um, to I think, I think on the thing it was uh, the American Cancer Society, but... In the podcast, just correct me if I'm wrong, or if you guys have another foundation set up, please let me know, and uh, I'd be more than happy to make a donation in uh, her memory. Um, you know, she's definitely missed. So, um, on a little bit of a letter note, King Cuck continues to get cucks, and we'll change the name until I'm not cucked anymore, dude. So, hell of a season, boys. Thanks. When you win, inevitably, I want King Cuck on the trophy, so please do not change your name until that happens. Um, and again, ML, I really appreciate you helping us out with, uh, with the charity. You had it right. Right. Cancer society. My sister's actually been, uh, trying this week to try to get a little bit more. We're very close to the target. She set, um, she wants to get to 10 K for, uh, I don't know why she picked like the anniversary of the day my mom died. We're fucking dark. Um, we're very close. So if you want to, uh, donate, to the link uh just go to my sister's instagram story it's all there um let's go to our next down under we got steino on the line Theo, shut the fuck up dude i'm trying to do a fucking voice memo for brent okay christ anyway how's it going guys stein uh just want to say uh that was the quickest i've ever lost 30 dollars ever before fuck my team they suck balls um Mike London is gay for saying GG uh, after, like, the Thursday night football game. Oh, no. It was it was Sunday, but it was at, like, the 1 p.m. games. They weren't even done. So, fuck you, Mike. You won. Big fucking deal. You still suck. Theo? Oh, Jesus. Goddamn Christ, brother. I fed you already. You're good, dude. I don't know what's your deal. Okay. All right. All right. The one thing that pissed me off, and I don't think I told you guys, like, all the trees in my front yard, those baby trees that they planted, dead because of that fucking drought. And I watered them, too. Like, so now at my lawn, I don't cut it, so I look like the biggest piece of trash ever. I should show you guys a picture. It's fucking terrible. All right, bye. Yeah, man. Hard work getting to the lawn when you got two kittens, right? Fucking tough work. Uh, let's go to ML, who uh, has something to say about maybe his uh, bowing out early. Some may say that I gave up too early. Some may say that 
I turned the luck in my favor. Some may also say that my team just saw that I was being negative and said, you know what, Mike, fuck you. We're going to show you that you drafted us for a reason. That's what they did. Luckily, I was up against Steiner, uh, who had a tough week, but um, a little bit of reverse psychology may have done the trick in my favor. So week one in the books, a long way to go. Someone else about to probably tear their ACL this week. So lots of things can happen. Isn't that the fucking truth, though? Like you go into like week one, and you're like, ah, oh, I made it through. And then week two, week three, you get guys that just go out for the year. I've already got a guy out for fucking eight weeks in Elijah Mitchell. I got another guy in Dalton Schultz, who's quarterback. Fucking thumb. Fucking Dak Prescott. Is he any good anymore now? I don't know. I'm going to ride with him. Roll with him. Let's go to Mari Pooper. Mari Pooper. Mar Pooper. That's me. Another 1-0 start. Couldn't have gone any better. Brent's team had an unbelievable uh, start, so I couldn't get top top points. But it is what it is. I'm happy with my squad. Again, after the draft, I was, what, ranked ninth out of 10? And, of course, I got the best team. I'm a goat. I'm a goat. Um, good job, Merle. I guess I play you week two. Uh, that's kind of weird, but good luck. No, I wanna, I wanna just march on to that championship game, and I, I really hope I can get there again. And I hope my opponent is Zifo, and I hope that I can take him down in the championship game. That would be the ultimate matchup, I think. Two uh, multi-time champions. I've been pretty much. Uh, you could say what you fucking want about me, guys. Go look up the numbers. I've been dominating the Gentile League. Maybe not to the tune of what Zifo has been doing out there to the league in general, but I'm not. I'm not no slub. So I'm here too, Zifo. Let's go. I'll, I'm gonna look at when we play each other and we'll maybe put a little money down. What do you think? We'll talk about it. Let's go back to ML. Huge shout out to Brent for uh, putting on the dongs as per usual. It was a stellar event. And uh, another big shout out to to Jan for letting Brent put on the dongs for us. It's you know it's something that we look forward to every year, and um, it really brings us all together, which is hard to do these days. And um, you know it's really special. So Brent, thank you so much for another great year, and uh, best of luck to everyone. And uh, hopefully Zifo doesn't win because that shit's getting old, dude. I mean, time for a new champion. Yeah, man. Well, it would be great to crown a new champion. I love to crown new champions, invite you into the ring ceremony. Uh, you know, we're really going to do it up nice uh, in the future. Um, Let's go out to June out there at the beach. Hey, Brent. June here. Had a really good time at the Dongs in the draft. Thank you so much for having us again. Appreciate everything you do for us. Should be a fun year. It's fun shooting the shit with everybody and shooting Jake with a paintball gun. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I need Aaron to open up his third eye, dude. Because like, a quarterback with three eyes should be better, right? <laughs> should be able to see the field real nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Open it up, Aaron. Five points? Come on. Yeah, man. Come He's going to bounce back. If not, I need Trey to open up his Trey eye. <laughs> oh, shit. I have to imagine that the Packers put on a better performance than that. And Aaron Rodgers uh, finally finds some chemistry with somebody out there. 
even if it's just a combination of him and uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon or whatever the fuck his name is. I can never remember people's names, especially when there's acronyms. Um, yeah, I think it'll be okay. But I do think you're missing an opportunity to incorporate uh, Jamar Chase into your team name. Chase the third eye, dude. Chase, Trey, third eye. Trace, Trey, I. I don't know. Fucking figure it out. I like the name changes, fellas. Uh, hey, Papa Wu, why don't we get a name change from you? And why don't we hear from you? Yo, Kamish, Papa Wu checking in from uh, 238 Winding Way, Marlton, New Jersey. Um, where, you know, a couple months ago, actually, at the end of May, there was a hailstorm that blew through over my neighborhood and um, fucked up a bunch of roofs in my neighborhood, including mine. And, um, had a contractor come out, look at the roof. They were like, yep, insurance will cover it if you want to do it. I'm like, hell yeah, dog, let's do it. So insurance covered it, gave me two checks. The first one was like 8000 and change. Second one, it's like almost $10,000. It's like $9,995. So I paid the company the first check before they started the work. That's so that they could get the materials and everything. They get the materials, they come out, they do the job, roof looks great. And then I text the guy about them coming out to do like a post-install inspection. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, that'll get scheduled, but I'm actually leaving the company, I'm going back to this other company, so I'm gonna have to hand you off to someone else. And I'm like, all right, fine. Well, someone else has not reached out to me at all. <laughs> so I'm sitting here with like a $10,000 check just sitting, waiting, wishing, burning a hole in my pocket. I don't know what to do with it. Do you think this contracting company is going to be thorough and follow up on the work they did? Or do I get to keep $10,000? I don't know. What should I do? Should I spend it? Should I buy, uh, buy some options or buy some drugs or something for my daughter? I don't know. What should I do? What should I do? 10000 is a lot of money. I think you should pocket that that money. It's up to them to come get it. And you might slip through the cracks here. I mean, onus is on them. $10,000 is a lot of money no matter what kind of operation you got going on. You just want to let $10,000 skate away because you don't have a good transition plan for and you have bad employee retention. Joke's on you. Sorry. Fucking better be uh, quicker on the uptake then. That's our soundboard for the week. Uh, as always, I appreciate you checking in. Uh, what we're going to do here moving forward is, uh, you know, get your sounders in. We'll compile them over time. If the podcast doesn't come out for a week, two weeks, three weeks, we will put them all on when we do come back. And we will try to get on here as much as we can. As I've mentioned before, it can be challenging. Just uh, two kids, man. It's a lot of work. And my son has been particularly challenging. He uh, is taking a page out of his sister's book where just in the beginning didn't know how to digest, you know, still learning how to use the stomach, the beautiful thing of a newborn, you know. And Charlie's just fucking a trip, dude. Second birthday coming up. Look out for the invitation that we're going to send out. Uh, you guys are all obviously invited. October 1st is a Saturday. Um, love to have you if you can make it. If not, we understand. Uh, Charlie turns two. She's talking almost in full sentences already to me, which is fucking bizarre. She says, like, full-blown sentences to me now. She told me, I want big dog today. And I'm like, oh, 
which is like not small, big, big dog, blue. I'm like, you want a big blue dog? Yes. I'm like, okay, I will find that somewhere. I got to go find a big blue dog. Do you guys know if that exists? If not, call me. 609-305-2934. All right, let's wrap this fucking bitch up. Uh, I'm the MVP for the week, so I picked the fucking song. That's how it goes. This is one from my private collection. This is Coulter Wall in his deep-ass fucking voice. We'll see you next time on Talking Dish with your commission. Right. Darn, boy. Respect me. It's wrong. It was a cold and cruel evening sneaking up on Speedy Creek. I found myself sleeping in the snow. What the fuck? For one or two odd reasons I ain't too proud to repeat. For now, we'll say I had no place to go. Was a rustle and a humming, just a hauling down the street. I drew myself up from my icy bed, painted on that shiny car the letters RCMNP. I can feel a little aching in my head. Right. And then I jumps this old boy about it twice the size of me. He asked me for my name and where I dwell. Respect me. I just looked him in the eye and sang Blue Yodel number nine. He didn't catch the reference I could tell. Then the old familiar click in the handcuffs binding grip. He should have left me in the snow where I lay. He just laughed and touched his gun and turned to me. He said, son, I bet you don't own a damn thing to your name. Well, I got my help. John B. Stetson got a bottle full of baby's bluebird wine. And I left my stash somewhere down in Preston. Along with 13 silver dollars in my mind. Well, I got my health with John B. Stetson. Got me a bottle full of baby's bluebird wine And I left my stash somewhere down in Preston Along with 13 silver dollars in my mind Um, I think you just got, uh, cucked Still listening? I'm still here looking for you that's right you podcast fan come on out to the studio come on into a live podcast we'll do we'll do some weird stuff we'll try some on your challenges we'll get into weird and strange come on out don't be shy Mulca Hill New Jersey Reggie's Puppy Palace or my good boy Reggie Treats come on out come see your boy see you next time